I don't know how to sing, but if I could, I would definitely remix Uptown Funk You Up to Dinosaur's Gonna Funk You Up, because we're talking about Jurassic Park 1 through 3. Today, on episode number 38 of the Smelly Cast podcast with Mike and Phil. Let's get it on. Every time. I don't know what it does. Never, I, never, just I never get sick of it. Dancing over there, just shaking your little booty. Shaking my hips. Doing your little webcam. You know, a little, little jiggle in them. Good so, stuff. We got a great episode here today. We're going to be talking about the first three Jurassic Park films. Rawr! Jurassic Park 1, Jurassic Park The Lost World, and Jurassic Park 3, Revenge of the Dinos. Revenge of the Nerd Dinos. <laughs> Where they join Lambda, 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 and they get a guy named Booger to join so, their ranks. So for, for me, yeah. Jurassic Park like is so high up there on the nostalgia factor. Absolutely. You know? We've I got think Star Wars. For, we've got Back to the Future. Yeah. We've got Indiana Jones. And next comes Jurassic Park. What about, what about James Bond? Oh, James Bond a little bit, but I would say I came into James Bond later on. Okay. So I, I, would, I would agree. Jurassic Park is just a pivotal film for any child who... Grew up in the nineties, the early nineties, yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> so it's pretty awesome because we got another one this year, and we're definitely going to talk about that on our next episode. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody! Right, but during this, obviously, we can't do that film justice without discussing its predecessors. That's right. That's that's exactly right, Phil. So let's let's do this. Let's okay. start with let's, the number one, and let's move forward. Okay. Well, to get going on the number one, let's start with a little clippy. Yeah, clippy cloppy. Okay, because who doesn't love a good clippy? Here we go. We've made living biological attractions so astounding that they'll capture the imagination of the entire planet. The most phenomenal discovery of our time. Welcome to Jurassic Park. Becomes the greatest adventure of all time. Universal Pictures presents a Steven Spielberg film, Jurassic Park, rated PG-13, starts... The most exciting adventure of all time. That, that guy's... That movie, movie trailer voice was great. Yeah, that just... That alone hits the nostalgia factor. Every trailer, right? Like, the audio is terrible, terrible yeah. quality. Like. Yeah, I can see the grain in the yes. standard definition. Yeah. Yes. Yep, for sure. Well, Jurassic Park, man. What a beautiful film. I I still remember the first time I saw the film. I remember where I was. I remember the feelings I had. I remember the music. I was so excited because it was my first PG-13 movie that my dad took me to. Oh, nice. And so for me, like I felt like such a grown-up. Because you're eight. I was trying not to get scared. And... And my dad, like, you know, I was talking to him the other day, and he's like, you don't know the heat that I took for that. <laughs> I was really? like, well, thank you, because it really just, like, it, it instilled this love 
of, of Jurassic Park and this franchise in me. And it was a great way to start off. And, and he knew that. He saw that. And I hope I can have that kind of foresight when I'm taking my kids to to movies and my wife's mad at me. I'll be like, yeah. but this movie's going to be worth it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, I think it's funny because my mom was probably like, oh, at least it's not rated R. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, again, Rambo 3, Terminator. There won't be any nudity in this one. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so, for me, when I think of Jurassic Park, I think of a few key things. I mean, I think of um, a, an incredible story that's really like progressive, right? right. It's really original. Nobody had done this before. We'd had monster movies, but not at this level. We also had an iconic score that oh, like, you absolutely. hear two notes from that or one note even and you know instantly boom Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park. Sure. and then the, the next thing for me was the special effects so in in watching the movie over time it's still like going back and watching it just barely it's incredible what they were able to do in 99, 1993 and you can see that they were really pushing the limits of special effects and like creature creation yeah and, and uh, really really impressive work yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I think even back then, that was kind of the thing that was talked about. Like, I remember that stuff. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And I think one of the lessons that these people obviously learned, especially Steven Spielberg, you know, as he directed this, um, back with Jaws, I don't know if you know the story, but he he wanted Bruce, his, his shark, in there so much. He wanted him in there a ton. And his editor kept cutting him out and he kept saying look what are you doing we need to cut out he says look you do not want that shark in there it looks fake and it looks bad and because they were able to cut so much of the shark out it raised the stakes because your own imagination plays on it and that's very obvious that that carried over to this film as well oh totally well like even just like the reveal of the, the, the tyrannosaurus when it when it's going in on the, and you're on the tour yeah. like you see all of these signs that something is wrong, something's amiss before you actually ever see a glimpse of, of the T-Rex. And even when you do see it, like you see it like you see its eye through the back of the window. From the perspective like, of like, the people what? in the film. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden it's yeah. like just takes it out. Like, oh, yeah, I'm just giddy just thinking about it. It's so good. Absolutely. It's great. Then that tail is slapping down. The lamb, yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's one of the most iconic like shots in a film for me. I think. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You're just like, oh no, so good, Ugh, so good. So, th- the thing that I love about this is John Williams for that composer, and you know we saw the new one with several of our friends who aren't as into film as we are, and they all said that the best part is the this this it's the co- the composing, it's the music. Oh yeah, it's the score. Yeah, and and it carries over. And of course, it's John Williams. He gave us, you know, everything, everything mm-hmm. iconic, Star Wars, everything. So I can definitely appreciate that. And I think whenever we hear that, there's always a little misty eye. You get a little misty eye to one eye. Yep, just one eye. One just eye the missed. one eye, for sure. So so, and we gotta we gotta go through these quick because we've got two other movies to to just poo on. But we we can hit these ones first. So let's quick let's run through the actors in this. So, um, I to me this this like identified Jeff Goldblum for me, and uh, yeah, it's probably the movie too. that made me like fall in love with Jeff Jeff Goldblum. Now the other one that is just iconic that I'm sad that we lost. I think it was last year was Santa Claus. We lost Richard Attenborough, and he's Santa in my very favorite Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, and. Um, 
and he, he's just fantastic. And but but Jeff Goldblum's, you know, his jokes, his wittiness, the way he just delivers all of his lines was just fantastic. And I, I really liked Sam Neill. And I mean, Laura Dern, she was okay. She wasn't like I mean I don't know. She was great too, but I felt like the way that the only thing that I didn't like was the kids. The I feel like they did good for what they had, but comparing the kids then to the kids now, I think that there could have been something just that could have been a little bit better. They just seemed a little too weak for me, maybe. Um, yeah. I mean, they're they're smart kids. They know dinosaurs, you know, and, and it's just so much like screaming and crying. And like, that's the one thing in all of the movies that like never, never ceases to amaze me. And Nikki points this out every time we watch them, like, it doesn't matter how many times like you know that there's a dinosaur out there hunting you they all scream like like little like little children yep. every time that the dinosaur comes on the screen and they just lose it and it's like i would like to think that people would accept their fate and say i'm not going to scream in hopes that i'm going to like try to survive <laughs> i don't uh, know man i'd probably be the one just like ah! But that's not even out. a scream. Like their screens are just ridiculous. You know, I they say that you can tell a lot about yourself and who you are by how you react in danger. I'm pretty sure I'd be the guy pushing people in front of me instead of pulling people behind me. I think that's me. You, so you you'd take the the Dennis Nedry route. Yeah, exactly. Get out of my way. So <laughs> All I right, love so let's, I love Wayne Knight. He's yeah. fantastic. So and good. I love seeing Samuel L. Jackson in this movie where like now he's just this huge, huge star. Right. And back then he just had like, I'm so sick of this hacker shit. Like <laughs> so good. Definitely. But well, the one, the one other thing that I really get out of Jurassic Park is there are so many one liners. Yeah. So many more yeah. than like, like any other, any of the other movies. And it could be just that I've seen it a million times, but there's so many great one-liners. Give me, give me a couple of your favorites. Um, it's a Unix system. I know this. <laughs> and then, That's of course, one. like, ah, 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 didn't say the magic word. <laughs> yep. Dotson, Dotson over here. See, yes. nobody cares. <laughs> I love that one. So, uh, I, yeah. I just, I love it. And I, I honestly hope that when I rewatch Jurassic World that I can pick out some of those one-liners and kind of incorporate those into my repertoire. Yeah, I like that. I This is the kind of film that makes me um, want to work harder as a screenwriter and a filmmaker. This is the type of stuff that I want to produce because it's, mm-hmm. it's timeless and it's beautiful. I mean, it's timed because of the vehicles and the clothing they wear. But outside oh, yeah. of that, it's, it's good. It's new. It's fresh. So... Yeah. Love all of that. Well, let's just talk quick numbers here, real fast. Production budget, $63 million. Not a lot. Not a lot. I mean, a lot probably for back then. Oh, yeah, huge budget for back then. But for now? Yeah, that's pennies. It's nothing. $150 million is standard. They they got 63, and it has generated, adjusted for inflation, $1,029,153,000 plus. Wow. Yeah, incredible. Broke a billion. Um, so yeah, obviously one of the top films of all time, and all of that was done on two thousand four hundred screens. To kind of put that into perspective, new films are released on about four thousand. Wow. Yeah. So obviously, so like twenty years, like more than twenty years, we've doubled our our number of screens. We have, and the movies aren't going away, people. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. 
Well, should we shift over into the sequel, The Lost World? The Lost World. What so can we say about this? I also have a TV spot for this guy. Let's, let's take a little listen here. On a distant island, nature holds an incredible secret. And now it's only a matter of time before this lost world is found. Some have come to observe its wonders. Others to hunt it down. A Steven Spielberg film. Don't move! The Lost World. Rated PG-13. Lost World, man. So, definitely not the worst of the franchise. No. But definitely not the best. Not, a, not close. So, I feel like with The Lost World, they said, hey, people really liked this Jeff Goldblum guy. Myself included. <laughs> All of us. And, and they said, let's just make him the main character. Let's lose, let's lose Sam Neill. Let's lose everybody else. And just have Jeff Goldblum, and we can we can even give John Hammond a little cameo, but there's also this big up and comer, this comedian guy. He's really funny. Let's throw in Vince Vaughn. <laughs> I don't think he was an up and coming guy. That's what's crazy about it is you watch it and you're just like, holy crap, that's Vince Vaughn. Like a super young one, but he had a pretty big role. Yeah, huge role. It's but it's kind of like when you watch the movie Twister, and you're yeah. like. Oh, look, it's Philip Seymour Hoffman as, like, a background character. Playing an idiot. <laughs> yeah. An amazing idiot. Amazing but, idiot. Yeah. Same with this, Vince Vaughn. Amazing. Yeah. Especially for, like, a semi-serious role. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. So so the story, it's okay. The, the effects, great. The situations, great. Yeah. But in general, the movie, I don't think, pulls it off. I don't think it's a good film. Here's a question. Like, what do you think it would have taken for them to make it pull it, like pull it off? They've, one, they've, sorry, go ahead. No, well, please. one thing that I just wanted to throw out, like initially, I feel like the fact that they said, "Oh, by the way, there's this whole second island, this whole site B," mm-hmm. like, and we didn't even mention it in the previous one, but we just that's an easy way for us to get around all your questions. That felt lazy to me, and I think if they would have said, "Nope, we're gonna have this on the main island," and and they're just gonna go back there with some intention then it's something different right yeah and they would have had a lot of intel and like all this stuff but yeah it seemed like a cop-out yeah to to a degree i do i do like the fact that they were able to introduce more dinosaurs and wild dinosaurs but yeah. but here's the question that i have this is site b that was site a they abandoned site a because all that ish happened on site a why is site b destroyed that's a good question why was just- site b if that's where they raised them is and then transported they were overrun? them, how were they overrun? Because they didn't have like cages and gates and stuff. They did, but not not through the whole island. They, they did. Let them just roam. No, that's not true. Go back to the third one. You've got go back to the third one, right? Because that's also on there. You have the big pterodactyl cage. You've got the big fence with the where the the giant T Rex killing dinosaur runs through the fence. It's got yeah, the big spikes true. on the top. So. There was containment, obviously, right? There's that building. They had infrastructure. The infrastructure would have had to have been separate from the other island because they're not going to run a cable from the island to the other or do satellite link like that. I mean, they're not going to do that. It's a Unix system, (laughs) right? So, So, obviously, there's big plot holes here, and they didn't really do a good job of answering those questions. Yeah. 
Because Site no, I, I B, agree. this the plot would have made more sense on, you know, the first island. Yeah, no, for sure. So anyway, so going through that, the question is, what do I think it could have done to make this a better film? One, lose the weird stepdaughter. The African American chick. Yeah, like lose that and the weird gymnast crap she oh, has to do. She's yeah. totally forced into this, and I can tell you why. It's because Steven Spielberg and George Lucas and all of those guys—they definitely have a formula. What they call the—I mean, it's the formula that involves kids. So you include the kid, you get the younger audience because it allows them a perspective, and then you have adults as well, so the adults have a perspective. Right. <laughs> So they forced a kid into this, and it doesn't work, right? No. I mean, no. it gives it gives him. It, it yes, it's supposed to increase the stakes, but the stakes are already really high. You've got a you've got a dinosaurs, you know. Yeah. You don't need the kid, but again, look at the money. It was nominated yeah. for one Oscar. One. Um, how many was the first one nominated for? Let me check. I'll tell you in two seconds. So, yeah, I, I felt like that. Like, that's so dumb. Like, all the gymnastics stuff. It's just, it's like, really? Yeah. You're just going to conveniently come across these uneven bars and you're just going to knock a raptor out of a window <laughs> with, your, with your mad gymnastics skills. Right. Even though you were, you were cut from the team? <laughs> yeah. That's the best. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so the first one was nominated for three and won three visual effects, sound, and sound editing. It deserves all three of those. Yeah, and this one was nominated for one second. It was nominated for uh, visual effects and did not win. Oh wow! So anyway, so okay, so that covers Lost World. I think. Did you have yeah, anything else no, you want to talk about? Uh, again, I would say that. In the old three, the original trilogy, it really goes from great to worse. I think it's yeah. First one's the best. This one's not great, but it's not bad. Right, right. And then the one we're going to get into, spoiler alert, sucks. <laughs> so <laughs> let's let's just throw it out there: Jurassic Park three, the hunt for Curly's gold. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> I don't know if it's got like a second, like a. I don't know what's called, like a tagline? or No, it doesn't. I think it's just Jurassic Park 3. It's just Jurassic Park 3. So this came out in 2001, and uh, this was the first one that was not written by David Coep, who wrote the first two, and I think it obviously shows. Like, I think we honestly, if it would have been written by him, and then if it would have, you know, I don't know, was was even... um, was Steven Spielberg even attached to it at all? Like as um, a producer? Give me two seconds. I just clicked on the wrong thing here. Um, he was a producer. Kathleen Kennedy was also a producer, which she She's always everywhere. is. She does yeah. all of Steven Spielberg and um, George Lucas' stuff. That's why Star yeah, Wars so, is so be fantastic. S- Steven Spielberg was only an executive producer, though, which okay. means they probably gave him an honorary title for either consulting or because they're using his, his name. His, yeah, his franchise. Right, right. Right. So yeah. So okay. So this film was written by Alexander Payne, who's also done um, about Schmidt, Sideways, Perry Jetam, which is a crappy film. I know because I watched it with my ex-girlfriend. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry and the Descendants. 
Gross. And I'm pretty sure he won an Oscar for The Descendants. I didn't really like The Descendants. Uh, yep, he won. He won but an Oscar. It did have it did have Jim Taylor attached to it, and he wrote Sideways. Yeah. And that was that was good. So anyway, anyway. Okay. Joe Johnston so, directed. So Hidalgo, this, October so Sky, Jumanji. I watched all three of them before watching Jurassic World, and this one I I got to watch it with you, Phil. And I'm so yep. grateful that I did. Because we were able to just giggle at it the whole time (laughs) and how dumb it is. Now, surprisingly, they were able to talk Sam Neill into coming on, and that that was, you know, surprising to me. Like, why do you think he was willing to come into this one? Do you think they just didn't even offer it to him on the on the other one? Um. Yeah. My guess is no. Or you know, I think a lot of times people don't want to be typecast. Well. So they tried to diversify the money. Yeah, I think he probably needed the money, honestly. Like, yeah, let's. Sorry, Sam. We just destroyed all of your (laughs) artistic credibility. I don't know. I don't know you, Sam, and I'm sorry, but I'm assuming you probably need the money. To double check that, I am checking to see what you have done since Jurassic Park (laughs) 1. So, for those of you wondering what the the basic plot is here, because you hopefully you've never you've been blessed and you've never actually watched Jurassic Park three, which I doubt, but still anyway. So there's these there's these two there's this couple and they lose their son on on the island the second island, um, and then they basically con Sam Neill into going with them onto the island, telling him that they're just going to do a flyover and they're not going to land. Then they land, their plane crashes. They have to survive on the island. They get, you know, everything happens. Yeah. They, they just basically, so everybody dies except for the main characters. Surprise. So, this one, what? So, I guess, I don't know. What did you even like about this one? The story was terrible. Acting was terrible. Pterodactyls. Yeah, pterodactyls are cool. The, the ring, the, the, the big ring tone. cage is cool, and it's ring, really cool looking. Yeah, the ringtone. I think the ringtone is the best part. The most memorable setting is them floating down the river. Yes. And then hearing the ring. In the poop. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's so, the most memorable. The other thing that I thought was just so cheesy is the end. How so? Basically, this genius decides to steal some some raptor eggs and carry it along with them as a souvenir. Why not? And basically the raptors are hunting them through the entire movie trying to get their eggs back. Yeah. That makes sense. Motherly instincts, you know, and paternal instincts. It happens. So then they basically, these raptors let them survive and they turn over the raptor eggs and he toots in this like 3D printed raptor blowhole. <laughs> what did they call it? What did they call it? What was it? It was like... The raptor. Uh, like, uh, no, no. They voice, called the way they just. De- no, the way they described the, the processing of three D printing. It's just obviously just. Oh. Twenty years earlier than. But you know, you, know, you got to give them props for actually like seeing that and saying, "Hey, this actually is probably something that's going to happen down the road." Yeah. And look at us now. Like, it's it, all over the place. Three D printing's a real thing. Yeah, that's pretty cool that yeah. they're able to actually because that, that one could actually hold up. For sure. Like that little point not that you could blow in it and like talk to the raptors but (laughs) right and especially like confuse them 
Like I think we've learned, especially in Jurassic World, you, uh, blowing in a little blowhole is not going to confuse these raptors enough to let you live. Right. I agree. Yeah, so looking at this list, I don't know. I mean, he's done a lot of stuff, but really after that he was in Event Horizon and a couple other films I've not really heard of. He's in The Horse Whisperer, Bicentennial Man. Um, then Jurassic Park 3. I mean, there's some other things in here, but not a ton. Since then, he's done a bunch of other things, um, including The Zookeeper, Dr. Zivago, which is a TV movie. But then he's done a ton of stuff on TV. Like, oh, I forgot he was he in was Alcatraz. In, yep, Alcatraz. He was also in The, the Tudors for a long time. The Tudors? Um, yeah. Like it's the a, fart people? No, like The Tudors. Like The Tudors? Shut up. Anyway, Legends of the Guardian, the Owls of Gahul. Gahul. <laughs> he was a voice. Um, Come on. Alcatraz, the TV series. <laughs> this is pretty lame. <laughs> and then the cool one that makes me want to watch this now is Peaky Blinders. So I've watched about half of the first season. And I heard it's great. It is really good, and it's really well done. I cannot get into the story. Like really? The acting's good. The sets are great. The, even the story is pretty compelling, but I'm just not getting hooked. I don't know what okay. it is because I've got a few friends of mine that just love it, and I am just I'm not seeing the the allure. And I'm really big on the Netflix originals, like really big on. Them. Yeah, so they're I'm great. Really sad that I'm not. But okay. Give it time. Who knows? Yeah. So so again, just gonna wrap this one up. It sucked. This is not. It sucks. It's not good. I mean, at the end, the kids like. Again, another kid trapped, right? Bringing a kid in here. It's true. Formula, you, formula, formula in all of these. It is. Amen. So then you also, like the other really crappy part I just have to mention is the fact that his stepdad or her, his mom's boyfriend or whatever is like caught in the parachute and after eight weeks is completely decayed, has no body. Yeah. But his body's still there and so it's obvious that the dinosaurs didn't eat his body, which it's, they would it's have. It's humid, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> So, bloating. Sure. <laughs> anyway, that's awful. And then it's caught in this tree, and somehow the parachute still survives and is intact enough for the kid to use it later. And <laughs> Seriously, that's it's, true. The body the decays, worst part, the parachute's fine. Right. The worst part of the whole thing is at the end when the kid's like, wow, she called the Marines and the Navy. <laughs> like, that kid knows the difference between the Marines and the Navy. <laughs> yeah. From sight, because oh, I'm looking right. at that and I'm like, I don't, I can't tell the difference, and I'm a grown man. So again, not that great. I think you kind of have to watch all three to really enjoy the newest one. Yeah. But let's do some star ratings real fast, right, and let's let's, let's end the, this. Should we start with the worst and go back up? Let's do okay, it. Okay. What what do you give Dress Park Three? A two. I also give it a two. Yeah. Not not good. Entertaining, but not great. And uh, what do you give Lost World, Jurassic Park? I'd give it. I'd give it a three. I give it probably a three as well. Yeah, it's a three. Yep. It's it's not quite a three point five. It's not it's not middle of the road. Right. It's entertaining enough. Yeah. Vince Vaughn in it might push it to three point five. Actually, I'm sticking with three. <laughs> it's a three. Okay, what do you give the what do you give the first one? Five. Five, out, five of out of five. Easily five out of five. No argument. Right. And five out of five. It's hard for me to step out and say like how much of that is just nostalgia, because I truly don't know. 
Okay. I will say that everyone should watch the the guy who nitpicks every issue with Jurassic Park. It's on YouTube. Have you seen it? No, I haven't, but I'll put it, I'll put it, I'll find it and I'll Dude, put a link in the notes. It's great. They're like Hammond talking to himself. He's like, what is Hammond going to stand here for every ride of every tourist who comes to the park and talk to himself? <laughs> That's true. There's a bunch of them. And it's just like, oh yeah, these are awful. And of course, after, you know, 20 plus years, you can go back and you can nitpick things and find holes in things. Wow. But yeah, yeah it's pretty funny one other thing you need to put up is you the scene where they replace the raptors with cats no way yeah <laughs> and like when when they're in the kitchen and it's just a bunch of cats just going meow <laughs> they're like hiding from them <laughs> yeah. it's like cats like pawing at them all right thank you smelly bellies yeah, thank bellies. you mike yep this was great can't wait to uh talk about the next one with you all right ciao see you